0: Welcome back. You are listening to Nate The Hate on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Be sure to like the video and subscribe to the channel if you have not already, as we are quickly approaching 20,000 subscribers. And ring the notification bell on the upper right-hand corner so you are notified each time a brand-new episode goes live on YouTube. And I'd like to welcome my co-host, Modern Vintage Gamer.
1: What's up, Nate? Great to be here. Thanks for having me on, as always. And uh, this is going to be a fun episode today.
0: It is going to be a fun episode, a short episode, but a fun one because Microsoft just had the first presentation of 2023 out of the big three companies. We're still waiting for Nintendo to host their first direct and we're waiting for Sony to do a state of play at some point in this calendar year. But Microsoft kicked off the year with a developer direct. This is a new presentation format for Microsoft and leading up to it. There was a lot of uncertainty as to what the format would exactly be, would this be more in line with a Nintendo Treehouse, or is it going to have more like a Nintendo Direct flare? And we got an answer to that question as Microsoft debuted five games at the Developer Direct, and those games were Minecraft Legends, a new look at Elder Scrolls Online, a brand new look at Forza Motorsport, Redfall. And a new announcement from Tango, which was Hi Fi Rush. And let's open with thoughts on the presentation itself. I personally found the presentation to have very crisp pacing, a lot of personality, and I loved how the developers of the games were the stars. They were able to talk about what they're doing on their projects, highlight the features give us a gameplay demonstration and let the game speak for itself, but chime in with our own insight in the development process and really allow the gamer to connect with the developer and the game.
1: I totally agree. I thought the style of the developer underscore direct was really good. I did like the pacing for the most part. I felt like it could have been condensed just a little bit. The, first game minecraft legends felt like it just went on a little too too long for my liking that's minor nitpicking i think overall the the presentation style the way it flowed the way that there wasn't any big microsoft executives to be seen on this show was a good thing and honestly i i enjoyed it you know it was really about the games i think for the first time in a long long time i know we've heard about we've heard that you know, marketing catchphrase, it's all about the games today or whatever. But like, I think this was really the first time it truly was about the games because we saw a lot of, um, a lot of gameplay. You know, we, I didn't think mm-hmm. we saw a single CGI trailer at all in this. I mean, we maybe, maybe seen a couple of cutscenes here and there, but for the most part, it was just gameplay. And I thought it was really good, you know, for the most part. I thought it, it flowed well. And, and Microsoft is definitely onto something here. Hopefully they can continue with this developer direct and I think they will because this one was uh, was a success for them but hopefully they can continue with this format you know into 2023 I think I think that is at least the plan for what they're trying to accomplish for this year
0: yeah this particular format is something I want to see Microsoft use more frequently if they want to do a quarterly show outside of their big presentations like they do in June. I think this format will really resonate with their community well. And if you have four or five games you want to highlight in that specific window, this is the way to do so. Because as you were mentioning, it was all about the games. We saw a lot of gameplay. This wasn't a spectacle like we see with the Game Awards or with Microsoft's own June Showcase, where we have a lot of CGI trailers or just marketing hype trailers. This was a way for us to see the games understand what the games are going to deliver when they come to market. And the whole point of this presentation was to show the games, give updates, give us information into the game's mechanics, and to give us release dates sans one game. But overall, I really like the format and the flow that the show had. And I'm already looking forward to what Microsoft could have in store for us if they do another developer direct later this year, let's say, you know, maybe late spring or second half of summer following the June presentation. But nice. I think they have a winning formula here, and I'd be very interested to see how they could refine it as they become more in tune with what they want to deliver with these presentations moving forward.
1: Yep. Totally agree. It was uh, it was really good. Very refreshing and a good start. The story about Microsoft letting go 10,000 employees was quickly forgotten this week, I feel like. and And now mm-hmm. we've We've had this and, you know, they've kind of back on track now. I feel like Microsoft is, and Xbox is, is you know, doing a good thing for this uh, particular developer
0: direct. And hopefully we'll see more of it, you know, throughout the year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right now, it feels as though Microsoft has some momentum on their side. Yep. They have some energy. And after an empty 2022 in terms of major AAA releases, this has started 2023 on a strong footing, mm-hmm. though there was one incident where it feels so Microsoft may have taken a slight misstep to early 2023. And we'll get that in the second half of the episode, because I don't think it's as bad as people are going to assume. But I want to start with Redfall, because this is coming out May 2nd, it comes from Arcane Studios and Arcane never misses they are a talented group of individuals every release under their name has been a gem be it prey dishonored death loop they always deliver quality and up until today redfall has definitely had a bit of hesitation from the gaming community a lot of caution when it came to it Because initially when we saw the game, it looked as though it was going to have a lot in common with Left 4 Dead. It was going to be a co-op shooter, kind of arena style. And that has been the image that has kind of stuck with the game in the long term. But in the last few weeks, we saw an interview with Arcane where they compared the game's single player more to Far Cry 2. And a lot of people saying, well, based on what we've seen up to this point, I don't understand that comparison in the developer direct today, though, Mm -hmm. I understood that comparison. I see where this game is going to shine, not only in single player, but it's going to be a delight in co-op as well, because we saw the games in game systems. We saw the gameplay. We saw the different types of vampires. We understand how the environment is going to work. We saw a brief glimpse At the skill system where you can go invisible, you can have a shield. We also know there's going to be loot and perks with the items and weapons you can find while exploring the town. This was a very promising demonstration of what Redfall is going to be when it releases in just a couple of months. And I went from on the fence to now believing that this can be one of Microsoft's pivotal first half of 2023 releases yeah same
1: this is a game that i've wanted to play for a while when they first showed redfall i was immediately interested in it i know i mean i think that that first trailer that they showed was i mean it was going it's going back a while now i think it was 2020 Did they first show redfall in 2020 i think it was i think
0: so see you there 2021
1: and it was um Even that early trailer kind of piqued my interest in the game, but I really love the fact that they kind of just went through a lot of the different mechanics of the game and a lot of gameplay today to really make you understand what type of game this is. And you're right. It kind of did give that left for dead vibe initially. You know, we kind of felt like this was just a left for dead kind of knockoff game which is kind of cool because those types of games, you know, um, when done correctly, are are fun experiences. But we didn't really put too much stock into it. But I feel like now that they've shown this game and they've shown a lot of the mechanics and you're right, there's definitely a Far Cry type of vibe to it um, with the exploration side of it and, and things that you can do in the game. I'm more hyped now than ever for Redfall. I think, I agree with you. I think this could be their biggest release of twenty twenty three. Starfall, you know, is another conversation. Um, but I think Redfall is is um gonna be big for Microsoft and I can't wait to play it. I think it's for me, it's it's a game that I'm absolutely gonna be playing on day one when it comes out.
0: See, as a New England local, I love that I'm seeing traditional housing designs in this town because Redfall is in Massachusetts. Mm -hmm. And it has that the colonial style houses, which are just everywhere up here. And the general aesthetic and look of the town that we saw in the footage today really does capture New England and coastal Massachusetts very well. So for a group of developers down in Texas to capture so pleasingly the look and feel of coastal new England was actually a surprise for me. And, you know, as they were saying, the developers were kind of talking about with the vampires, we saw these different classes of vampires where they have their own unique abilities. You have vampire gods, Mm -hmm. you have a lot of mechanics, a lot of different characters using this, you know, base of vampiric power yeah. And then, like you saw, as you could stake one of the bosses and they turn to ash and take their skull to open up doors. I'm really interested as to the narrative and what's going to be told in this game. From, you know, really a single player perspective, this is definitely going to be a game I can see myself just sitting down with playing. I will say, May for a vampire game isn't exactly simpatico with the tone. This definitely has that. August or October type feel, especially, you know, for new England, when the leaves are changing color and stuff, it just begins to get that Halloween Mm -hmm. essence. But when this comes out in may, I'm definitely going to dive in to the solo campaign, but at the same time, you know, you hopped on Xbox live and said, Hey, let's play some Redfall."
1: We're definitely playing this.
0: Yeah. Because I can't wait to explore the town and co-op and just wonder what the scope is going to be. and, based on the gameplay we saw we definitely saw open areas it wasn't too tight when we were seeing some of those boss battles so it does feel as though it is designed with co-op in mind and hey this that's a great opening release for microsoft in terms of like a triple a tier game coming out again may second and you know i'm definitely on board i want to see what arcane delivers Again, Arcane never misses and that trend continues. Yeah, I agree.
1: It was the highlight of the show for me. One of them at least. But a very, <laughs> very good one.
0: We'll be back after a quick break. Ever thought
1: modern video games should be more interesting? At the gaming blender we take randomized genres, mechanics and make a new game every episode. I've added permadeath. We have a survival game of a hardcore simulation which could be house flipper and with the permadeath of XCOM. Then that all has to be an action adventure. Yes. Oh dear. Yes. And sometimes it doesn't quite work and you you have a construction off over the course of the of the narrative construction off the (laughs) way the way we can do this is that we ditch your idea entirely entirely check out the gaming blender on all your favorite podcast platforms now
0: yes we also had you know minecraft legends and the elder scrolls online i'm not going to talk about those too much only because i'm not a big minecraft individual i'm also. I've never played the Elder Scrolls online. What I will say about Elder Scrolls, though, is that for like an MMO style game, the visuals of that project never cease to amaze me. That is a very beautiful looking game, and it makes me wish I had time to invest in such a grand, epic MMORPG. Yep. But it's just not compatible with my life at the moment.
1: <laughs> yeah, man, it's a it's a time investment getting into those games but i know, I, know uh, I have friends that play eso and they always have good things to say and they're they always wait for new expansions so um mm-hmm. i think you know fans of eso will be very happy and minecraft legends like you i i can't really make too much of a comment about it it's not it's not my cup of tea but it seems like it's a pretty cool thing for the fans of minecraft so um good mm-hmm. job, Microsoft.
0: Yeah, and that was the one thing that stood out with me with the ESO announcement today was that all the expansions are now accessible to everybody. Yes. So if you want to get into the game, now is a great time because you're going to have way more content than you would have hours and a lifetime to enjoy. But now I'm going to go to the surprise announcement. This comes from Tango, renowned team behind the Evil Within. Ghostwire Tokyo, and that is Hi-Fi Rush. This was a surprise. This wasn't in the original lineup, which was only four games. As the presentation started, you saw them erase four, and they wrote five. And, you know, for a game that is Jet Set Radio in terms of tone, but yet it has a flair of Beautiful Joe, Devil May Cry, Jet set radio, rhythm. I've been playing Hi Fi Rush for a few hours now, and wow, what a game. The animation, the care that went into it, the voice acting. This may be a small project in terms of staffing and development time, but everything about it screams high quality, high end production. This is going to be. And I'm saying it now in January. Hi-Fi Rush will be in game of the year conversation.
1: Wow! So I haven't played it yet, Nate. Uh, I will definitely uh, play it before the weekend is out because I do want to check it out. But you know, there's something that you said there that that made me think a little bit, and that is, you know, we've, we've heard we're hearing all these stories about how AAA game development is is becoming mm-hmm. unsustainable in terms of the amount of time it takes to make games and the amount of budgets that are spent on making these AAA experiences. All of a sudden, this game comes along from nowhere. It's not AAA, um, but it's very well polished, and it's a fun game, a very good game. It's getting overwhelmingly positive reviews. I haven't seen anyone say anything negative about it, at least so far. There's definitely a lot of throwbacks to older Classic games like Jet Set mm-hmm. Radio, as you mentioned, Beautiful Joe, Sunset Overdrive. There's a lot of color in this game. So is this is this the thing? Is it these types of games that will save video games, the industry as we know it? You know, these smaller, <laughs> lower budget, um, more manageable releases that are still mm-hmm. very, very amazing game experiences that you'll get a good, solid. Eight to ten hours of enjoyment out of—is this what's going to save video games,
0: Boris? This is the type of release. Whenever I see individuals say that the AAA gaming sphere is becoming redundant, that it's becoming too samey, this release gives me hope of what can be, and it's very similar to like Pentiment. That this is a smaller scale game, but the production value is just as high as a triple-A game. A lot of love and care went into Hi-Fi Rush. And this game was first informally announced, so I guess acknowledged, back at Tokyo Game Show of 2021, when Shinji Mikami said the director of Evil Within is hard at work at an energetic new game. Mm -hmm. Now, 18 months later not even 18 months, a little less, the game is out. If these types of games can come to a service like Game Pass and the Xbox at a rate of, you know, 20 to 24-month development cycle, by all means, embrace this path. Because Pentiment was a fantastically written game, fleshed out characters, a passion project, and Hi-Fi Rush has that same tone and feel to it. You can tell the development team loved what they were working on. And the director even put out a tweet thanking Bethesda for allowing them to make the game that they wanted to make. Thanking Microsoft for allowing them to launch the game the way they did. I mean, this was a shadow drop. It's on Game Pass day one. It's a $30 release if you want to buy it individually. But the game is just high quality in all areas. This feels like a love letter from the Dreamcast, GameCube, and PS2 generation of games. The golden era for a lot of people.
1: Yep, it's ticking all the boxes, man. I'm
0: I'm, I'm on board with this. I love it. I think a lot of people are as well. If you have an Xbox or if you have any way of playing this game, be it a Steam Deck, give the game a look. Do yourself the favor. It is a fantastic game. And if you're hesitant due to the rhythm aspect of it, yes, the rhythm element will heighten the fun. You know, you'll get a higher score in the combat situations, but don't let it stop you. You can just try your best. There's a lot of accessibility options where you can have an on-screen metronome so you can learn and you can feel the beat. You'll get a cat that also shows the beat going on to the level. So you can try to keep the rhythm with that. Your health bar also goes to the beat. The whole game, when you're jumping, goes to the rhythm of the music going on on the stage. Yeah. You can always feel it. You just have to get in sync with it. And when you do, you pull off a lot of cool maneuvers. There's a lot of special abilities. Everything about the game is just high quality. And for them to shadow drop it the way they did, takes guts and you know I applaud Microsoft for this this is going to be a game that people are going to be talking about not just you know today and into the weekend but next week next month towards the end of the year when i mean really when game of the year comes up and i understand we have a stacked year we have Resident Evil 4 Tears of the Kingdom Starfield Spider-Man Yeah, Spider-Man 2. We have a lot of high quality games still to come this year, but I think right now Hi-Fi Rush will find itself in that conversation and it will be on stage at the Game Awards for something, be it music game, Mm -hmm. indie game, something it will be. It will be getting acknowledged because this game has started off on a high note. Musical pun intended, (laughs) and it just doesn't let up even the musicians who are on board with the game. Nine Inch Nails, original music specifically tailored for the boss battle in the game. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. It's phenomenal. And if you're a streamer, there's a streaming mode where the licensed music is removed. But just the general soundtrack that was made for the stages, it's phenomenal. I mean, once we're done recording this, I'm going to go boot it up and get back into this world. The characters, the supporting cast of characters are all colorful and lively and well acted. The animation of the characters is smooth. Just the visual aesthetic of the game is very satisfying. Definitely a surprise release. And from what I'm seeing in social media, everyone who's playing the game right now has been taken aback by what they're playing and they are just Marveling at what yeah. turned out from Tango, it's awesome, it's overwhelmingly
1: positive opinions and, and thoughts right now. So, yeah, this game is um, this game just came from nowhere, and it is just an absolute bundle of surprise. And uh, I, I haven't played it yet, as, a, as I mentioned, Nate, but I'm going to check it out before the weekend because um, this is definitely ticking the boxes for me, and I, yeah, I, I got to applaud. Tango and Xbox for this one. Mm -hmm. This was a risk. You know, shadow dropping a game. I mean, there's never any guarantees that it's it's gonna it's gonna go go well, but no, it presented really well at the at the event at the developer direct. It got me really hyped for it. And just the icing on the cake was and you can play this game right after the show. It's like wow. Mm -hmm. That's crazy. Because like I was looking at the trailer that they were showing or the, 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 sorry, the gameplay footage that they were showing. And I was thinking to myself, okay, so let me try to figure out how long this is going to take before they release. What's the release date going to be? And, <laughs> you know, I was kind of throwing around, well, I feel like the game is mostly done because this is something that has been rumored and we've heard some rumblings about. Maybe mm-hmm. they're going to drop it like in, in, you know, April, right? I kind of had April in my mind for, for this game. And, uh, yeah, came, came comes out from nowhere that it's a, a shadow drop. It's available today. And that is just an absolute class move by uh, Xbox and Tango to get this game ready for the show. So hats mm-hmm. off to, to Tango. They they did a phenomenal job, and I can't wait to play the game.
0: And now, you know, it opens the door to what's Tango up to next. Ghostwire Tokyo will be coming to the Xbox in just about two months once the one year exclusive deal expires with PlayStation. And now that we know the evil within director, their game is out. So John is free. Now, if he wants to make the evil within three or he has another passion project because right now, hi-fi rush definitely feels as though this is going to become a series. This has a lot of potential and, I wonder if they would go right to that or if it's going to be a case of, you know, let's do some horror games. But, you know, Tango is a quality studio, so whatever they have in store next definitely will have my attention and I'm sure the attention of many others. And now we can go into the, I guess you could say somewhat surprising topic of the show, and that was Forza Motorsport. Now, this was a game that has been slated for spring 2023 leading up to the show. They showed us a lot of gameplay. They talked up all of the enhancements they have made from the previous Forza games, ray tracing support, how it's 4K 60 FPS, the amount of pictures they take to accurately render it in the game. Mm -hmm. And then after this hype gameplay presentation, where the developers were talking with so much passion about the project they were going in. I'm sitting there saying, okay, they're going to drop a release date that's in the immediate future because they are way too hyped up right now. And then the trailer in the gameplay presentation segment ended with just 2023, no release month, no specific timing, just 2023. So officially Forza Motorsport has been delayed. Yes,
1: we can say that, right? We can say it's been. Yes.
0: Yeah. Went from spring to now 2023. It's been delayed. Yep. And my question to you is. Isn't it kind of odd in a presentation where everything else got dated, if not shadow dropped to have this release or have this game have a presence where it's just. We don't have any information to give you regarding a release date right now.
1: It was it very odd a to me. Off. Yeah, it, it, it was very odd to me to see that, and it just—I mean—it really shouldn't have been in the show. To be completely honest with you, if they couldn't commit to a firm release date, in fact, before the show started, um, one of the things I, I mentioned on Twitter was I want to see firm release dates for everything because. That was kind of the feeling that we were getting from this developer direct. And even Phil Spencer tweeted earlier in the day that we're going to get, you know, everyone's going to get a look at the games and he used the word that are shipping. So I kind of got the feeling that, you know, we had locked in dates for everything here. So it was a surprise that they could not commit to a Forza date. And I will be honest with you, it was a misstep as well. They mm-hmm. probably shouldn't have included this into the show. They followed it up with Hi-Fi Rush. I was going to say High on Life. I don't know why I was going to say that. That's <laughs> so bad on so many levels. Uh, and I think a lot of people were like, you know, that was a really nice way to kind of turn the disappointment around very quickly, if you know what mm-hmm. I mean. So, look, the optics of forts are getting delayed isn't good because, you know. Microsoft is supposedly meant to be firing on all cylinders this year and, and committing to everything that they said they were going to do. So the delay of Forza Motorsport is a bit of a blow to that, but it's not, it's not the end of the world. Let's be very clear. It's not the end of the world. They still had a quality list of games Mm -hmm. and there are still more things that are coming up that we still don't know about yet for this year, but it was definitely a low point of the showcase.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I probably, if I was them, I would have just not put it in. But I guess even even its absence would have been.
0: That you know,
1: would have been very notable. It would have been notable. And I, I guess the result would have been the same. I don't know. I just, I just think, look, it, if you're going to have a showcase, if you're going to have a direct like this, everything needs a date. Ha, mm-hmm. Putting a year next to it is not good enough. And, you know, I get it. They probably still need more time. They're not really sure when they think the game can be ready by, but mm. you're, you know, that's telling me that you still need at least six more
0: months mm. to go on this game. You see up to, well, following the show's completion had Forza been dated, not even necessarily the first half, but even if they had given it a release month on the second half of the year, I would have said the presentation was a home run with it not being given a specific release date or even a release window outside of a very broad 2023. I would say the show showed warning track power, which if you're not familiar with baseball means you're almost hitting a home run, but you're just coming up short, right? That's what the Forza delay felt to me. It's that you're so close To getting it all right, you're just missing that sweet part of the barrel by half an inch, or in this case, one game out of five. Four of them did well, you just missed it with this one incident. And obviously, it does have an impact on the perception of Microsoft's 2023, at least early 2023, because right now, like, Hi-Fi Rush is a surprise. People are playing it right now. They are enjoying it. Now, the next big release would be Minecraft Legends in March. And then we would have Redfall on May 2nd, Elder Scrolls in June. And, you know, that's not a bad lineup if you have interest in all of these projects. Forza coming in in that first half just helps keep the energy and momentum on Microsoft's side where it's, okay, Redfall, let's go. Okay, now we got Forza. Things are ramping up. We're getting to June where we're going to see the next onslaught of what Microsoft will have in the second half. Instead, now it's looking as though we're going to lead up to June and we're going to get another update on Forza at the June showcase for what feels as though it will be either the second or third time And we, you know, we know a lot more about the game, but it still feels as though Microsoft could potentially lose some momentum, at least from a public standpoint right now. But I'm going to offer a counter to that. Okay. I don't think the Forza delay is going to hurt Microsoft in the short term.
1: No, I, I agree with you. I don't think it is either.
0: I also think the delay could potentially be strategic. Hmm.
1: Well, I'm not sure about that, but let's, let's hear what, what your thoughts are on, on why you think it might be strategic.
0: When Microsoft announced the developer direct, they specifically emphasized that Starfield would have its own dedicated show. That's correct. What the Forza delay says to me is that the first half, June, it's back in play for Starfield. It has a clear line. Mm -hmm. In the predictions episode, I was feeling that Starfield would potentially slip into the second half of the year. After today's showing, I no longer believe that. I'm saying it here now. Yeah. Starfield is coming out in June.
1: Okay. I mean, what you say makes a lot of sense. Um, But I could counter that and say, why haven't we seen Starfield yet? If it's coming out in June. I mean, the, 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 the good word is we're going to get some type of exclusive look at it next month, potentially, or maybe in Mm -hmm. March. If it was coming out in June, then why wouldn't they show us today that it was coming out in June?
0: Because nothing else in this lineup compares to Starfield. All of the talk would have been on Starfield had it been shown today. Mm -hmm. Instead, the talk is on Hi-Fi Rush. Yep. And I think that's the card that Microsoft knew they had to play. Get the Forza Delay out there. But give us a shadow drop of a quality game to get people excited about gaming on the Xbox ecosystem again. And now in a month or, you know, however many weeks, we have the Starfield presentation. You date that for June. Forza's absence isn't felt. Right. First half is strong. And now if Forza can come out in September or August, when we typically see like a Forza Horizon drop, if they can get it into that late summer, early fall window. They have their pre-holiday game leading up to something like Hellblade 2 for the holiday. And, you know, Microsoft's 2023 begins to feel a little more well-rounded. And I feel as though Starfield is getting its June window now. It's making that first half.
1: Interesting. I'm going to stick to my guns and say that it's still second half of the year. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, what I mean I say- that's probably
0: the safest bet to make in truth. I'm definitely right. being optimistic. Right.
1: I mean what you say has a lot of merit to it though that they are kind of moving the chess pieces around to you know fill those gaps and the delay of Forza doesn't really affect them as much as what what we may mm-hmm. think because they still have the ace in the hole which is Starfield and you're quite right. Um that you know is something that potentially could come out in June but I'm going to I'm going to just put my leave my chips on the table and say it's <laughs> it's a second half of of this year
0: you see the other reason I believe it still make June is of these three games Redfall Forza and Starfield the only one that is going to make the first half officially at this point is Redfall I don't think you can, as Microsoft, spin it if you delay two of three games you promised within that 12-month window going back to last June showcase. You have to deliver at least two of three. Forts is not happening. Starfield is. And come June, when you have Final Fantasy 16 going yeah. up against Starfield, wallets are going to cry. And that's <laughs> not even counting Street Fighter VI.
1: Right, right. I mean, I do wonder how how much Microsoft is going to hold themselves accountable to that twelve month release window thing because there are other games that we're still waiting on. That I mean, obviously they weren't shown at, at the Developer Direct, but you know we've got Silk Song that we know nothing about is <laughs> replaced, which is supposedly coming out at some point. I mean, mm-hmm. there are a bunch of other games that that we still don't really know what what's happening with. So, I mean, know, it's definitely part of me wonders if Microsoft is just not acknowledging he, that yeah. month window thing
0: anymore. <laughs> I mean, it's definitely be a curious thing because June does mark the end of one of their fiscal quarters. You want to yes. end that on a high note. That's true. What's higher than stars? <laughs> That's very well said.
1: Um, like I yeah, said, I optimistic. Mean, yeah. Look, whichever way you you kind of go here, Microsoft, and we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, but Microsoft will have a good year. Um, they could have a absolutely excellent best year they've ever had, potentially. But I mm-hmm. think even in the worst case, they're still going to, come out and have a pretty good year overall, even with even if there are some slippages on some releases here and there. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, in, in that way, the delay of Forza isn't really that big of a deal and Microsoft isn't probably that concerned about it. Mm. For me, it's just an optics thing at the end of the day. You know, you, you come to a, a developer direct, We've got a little um, bingo card. You're circling them. You're putting dates on them, and all of a sudden, you just write 2023 on one of them. It's not the best look in the world, but you know um, they made no. they made up with it with the next game that they shadow mm-hmm. dropped, and that's been pretty good. So,
0: yeah, I mean that I think that definitely played a role in it. Where it was just up to this point, Forza had been spring 2023. There was really no indication. That the game would face a delay. There was no reason to believe that you know, turn 10 was going to delay the game. They are usually Microsoft's most consistent development developer partner when it comes to nailing their release window. And to see it delay, again, I think it's a big deal. I think the first half is still going to be strong for the company. This presentation Definitely showed that promise, definitely showed that the Xbox can deliver quality exclusives. And, you know, a lot of people picked up their Xbox controllers for the first time today in a long time to play Hi-Fi Rush. And that's exactly what Microsoft wants people to do. I saw some people on social media saying, I am thinking about buying a $500 system to play a $30 game. That's the type of reaction you want to see absolutely when you release a game so the fact that they have a game shadow drop that's causing this type of conversation that's the way you start your new year oh yeah and if you can build on that with redfall and then you can capitalize and have starfield out in june or even if it is you know in second half the mom- the momentum is on microsoft's side right now bring on the releases and show us what game pass and xbox internal studios can produce in the conversation of Microsoft's place in the industry is going to become very positive after a dry 2022. So very promising show. Yep. Looking forward to what Microsoft has in 2023. Moving forward, we have the roadmap and we actually have points on it now. And the next stop, Redfall. Yep. Can't wait. And that will conclude today's episode. This episode was a short one. We just wanted to give some quick reactions and thoughts on the Microsoft show. So Streamlabs will return in next week's episode. And if you'd like to support the channel, we have a Streamlabs link in the description below. Donate any dollar amount. Ask a question. We will answer it at the end of the episode. And if you donate $100 or more, we will dedicate the episode to you. And with that, I'd like to thank MVG for joining me as always. Always a pleasure, Knight. Thanks for having me on. And let us know your thoughts on the Microsoft Developer Direct in the comment section below. And until next time, continue to embrace the hate.